To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Brian, thank you for joining us. A big question that's out there in the market now is with Binance facing such severe pressures and more than $4 billion fine, what does this all mean for Coinbase now? Mm. Well, I think this is really um, a vindication of the long-term strategy that Coinbase has taken to build a trusted and regulated company. Going back to 2012, we really decided to do that and got the licenses and got the teams in place that were necessary to run that type of company. And then every few years, we did see a new company come on the scenes that didn't take that approach. Sometimes they would grow very quickly because uh, they were able to offer products that we didn't think were legal. But inevitably, inevitably, they do come crashing down. You know, regulators do eventually act, even if they don't act quickly. And that's what we saw here in this case today. So um, it's not only been, a, I think, an opportunity for Coinbase to, to step in, but it's also an opportunity for the industry, I think, to turn the page here and say that, yeah, some of the rules are clear around AML, KYC, OFAC, that the issues that Binance really had, um, you know, stepped over the line on. But some areas of the law are not yet clear. We need to go get that regulatory clarity to make sure that the future of this industry is built here in America, not on offshore unregulated exchanges. And so that's what we need to go do next. And I think it'll prevent this kind of activity in the future. But listen, even with this crackdown that you're seeing, there were some really scathing allegations in the DOJ's crackdown, uh, sanctions violations, uh, illegal trafficking of drugs. You know, how do you know that this is it? How do you know that there are not more bad actors out there that would continue to stain crypto? Well, I can tell you uh, the companies that I really engage with, uh, at least especially the ones here built in the United States, they don't get the big headlines because it's not salacious. Um, they haven't you know, rocketed up because you know, they're not following the rules. But there are dozens of really well-intentioned and well-funded uh, and compliant US-based crypto companies that are building this industry. I mean, you have to remember that 52 million Americans have used crypto now, uh, about 400 million people globally. And so um, while there, is, there are bad actors who try to use crypto, uh, the best data we have is that that's less than 1% of the activity is for illicit purposes. By the way, the US dollar cash is about 4% illicit activity. So crypto is really not uniquely crime-ridden. And the centralized actors in crypto, they need to follow these rules around transaction monitoring, KYC, AML, just that like Coinbase has been doing for over a decade now to mm -hmm. make sure bad actors don't uh, take advantage of these systems. Listen, Ryan, you mentioned an opportunity to step in a little more. It begs the question, have you been seeing any inflows into Coinbase from Binance.com? Well, I think it's a little too early to say that today. The, the news has just come out in the last hour or so. But I can tell you that over the last year, Coinbase has certainly been making investments in international expansion and launching our derivatives products. Uh, to make sure that we were ready for something like this to happen. I mean, it, it, this has been a widely anticipated event. It's been public news for quite some time, but there's been a DOJ investigation. So I don't think it came as a surprise to anybody in the space. And I do think there's an opportunity here for Coinbase to step in. And do you see a chance to buy assets, whether they're part of Binance or, or otherwise? That's not our focus for right now. Um, you know, I think there's we wouldn't we wouldn't really be buying them for the technology or anything like that because we have that already on our side. 
And you know, I think what we've seen today with this uh, criminal plea is that there's probably concerns over there about just the culture and everything that needs to be reformed. Um, we're not really looking at any of these assets from an M&A point of view. We just want to keep building our own products and services um, and, and doing what we've been doing on that front. So I'm looking forward to it actually as an opportunity to kind of turn the page as an industry and, and, and get back to building now that we've had um, a couple of these uh, bad actors um, you know, brought to justice. Listen, it's worth also talking about the suit you're also facing from the SEC. We know you've been fighting this suit, this idea that the SEC has charged you for operating as an unregistered securities exchange broker and clearing agency. What has the tone been like with the SEC since this suit was filed and since you started fighting back? Yeah, well, I think it's important for people to just keep in mind that these are apples and oranges, right? And you know, our uh, our case is a civil case over some technical matters about what is a what commodity, what is a security, and we're essentially availing ourselves of the court to go get that clarity in the form of case law, since it was not provided by the regulator. And so, kind of regardless of the outcome of that case, we'll finally start to get some clarity for the industry on um, where the line is there. The Binance case uh, here was was a criminal proceeding, uh, very different, and and the dollar amounts are you know pretty eye watering. So um, with that, you know, as a backdrop, I, I think that Coinbase really has an opportunity to help foster this, uh, this regulatory clarity going forward. As I mentioned, I think the AML, KYC, OFAC rules have been clear for a long time. All centralized financial services, including in crypto, need to follow those rules. But what's not yet clear is um, the market structure about how we're going to have crypto commodities secure and crypto securities. You know, what is the process for a crypto security to actually go in and register? What sort of entity might it be traded on? These questions are still, unfortunately, left unanswered. And so we're either going to have to get clarity from the courts, um, maybe from Congress. And there's a couple of bills going through Congress right now that have passed mm -hmm. with bipartisan support in the committees. Um, or, or something else will have to happen. But I do believe that the U.S. Right. will eventually get this right. Brian, We're committed to the U.S. And, and helping ensuring that happens. Brian, why would anybody buy crypto after such severe abuses were seen at other exchanges and the use of funds uh, for illegal activity? What, how, how does the industry, after the fall of FTX and after this massive fine in Binance, how, does the, how do Americans get you know, confidence in crypto again? Well, you have to remember that you know the prices in crypto are up 200% year to date, and about 52 million Americans have used crypto, about one you know one in five. So um, there's a lot of reasons people are excited about this technology. Of course, we see headlines periodically with bad actors trying to use it, but as I mentioned before, the best data we have is that that's less than one percent of the activity in crypto. So people are, are interested in crypto for all kinds of reasons. They're interested in updating the financial system, which is slow and expensive, and it's not everyone has equal access to it. They're interested in it from a technology um, that can update that financial system and provide economic freedom all over the world. Um, they're interested in it because of Web3 and how creative people and artists can have more direct relationships with their fans. They're interested in it as a way to kind of, um, you know, get out of the system of big tech companies and actually control their own identity mm -hmm. online. So people are looking at it a lot like they looked at the early days of the Internet back in the early 2000s. And, there, you know, there were scams on the Internet. There was bad actors. There was bubbles. But of course, the internet was just a fundamentally a technology that you know democratized access to information. Crypto is democratizing speaking, access to value, mm -hmm. making it more efficient. How it moves all over the world. Right. And that's Speak, very exciting. But for speaking lots of, of the democratization, you know, you guys have started a, a super PAC around the idea of more money going into the elections, uh, supporting the crypto industry. How much of your own personal funds are you willing to put towards the PAC, and are you selling Coinbase shares to fund it? 
Yeah, well, I do think it's very important for crypto companies and, and the venture community and everybody really, all, really all of the users of crypto, the, the customers of crypto, the 52 million Americans to get involved in this at this point. Because unfortunately, um, you know, while crypto, crypto is a very bipartisan issue in uh, D.C. and we actually see the broad sentiment is very reasonable, it's just saying we need to put out some clear rules. Unfortunately, there are a small group of people who are trying to curtail the industry or push it back. And so um, I think that we all need to kind of come together to donate to super PACs um, like the one that I did. And, you know, I'm not necessarily selling Coinbase shares to do that, but um, I personally donated to it. I think a number of other crypto companies are going to do that. And most importantly, we need to see the Amer 52 million Americans do that. Mm -hmm. There's actually a website that has come together, standwithcrypto.org, which is helping organize this effort. And we've uh, got over 100,000 people now in the U.S. Right. who've raised their hand and said, Brian, said, I really want to see clear rules here. Before I let you go here, I want to ask one more question. J.P. Morgan today really uh, spread some doubt about your ability to kind of maintain uh, such rigor in your earnings with the advent of an ETF tied to Bitcoin. How do you respond to that? Oh, well, I think the ETF applications are really great for crypto and for Coinbase. Um, it's great for crypto because it's going to bring in many new large pools of capital that traditionally haven't been able to uh, directly participate in crypto. And then it's good for Coinbase because we've been named as the custodian um, on almost all of these ETF applications. And so we'll participate in the value stream there. So we're very positive on the ETFs. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.